Hello and welcome to the Evil Lawyer's Guide to Life. I am Jay Lucas, the Evil Lawyer, and across from me is my co-host, Jason Holloway. Jason, how you doing today? Oh, not too bad. How about yourself, my man? Uh, I'm pretty good. You know, this whole impeachment thing reminds me of traffic court, except for there are no rules of evidence in the impeachment. <laughs> I'm watching stuff on TV that I'm thinking, if this were traffic court, you couldn't get away with this, much less in a real court. When I was doing my show prep for today, yep. we, we actually do show prep, for real. Believe it or not. Um, if you type impeachment experts on Google, you have to go to page four to see Fox. Of course, because they can't hide it any, you know, any more than that. It gets better. You got to go to page five to get Hannity or a, a, blue, a, a real conservative opinion. But who's the first? The first one on page one is Bloomberg. Of course. The same guy. Yeah. Bloomberg Business Review, which, you know, is owned by the Democratic candidate who is intent on buying the Oval Office. I believe his budget now is $31 million a week in advertising. That's and, crazy. And there's talk of a Hillary uprising. Really? Yes, yes. Uh, Hillary said on Howard Stern. I did see that she she was on there. Yes, she was on Howard Stern, and she made some remarks that would indicate that she may rear her ugly head once again. Look, I mean, to add insult to injury, I mean, it'd be be one thing to lose to Trump again. Oh, that would be great. How bad is it, though, if she were to throw her hat in the ring to not only not even get the chance to lose to Trump again because she's going to lose to somebody else in her party. Well, and I, yeah, I, I would, I would like to see a Hillary Biden debate. Oh yeah. Because she will be up there shaking and twitching. You remember how she was on the debates? Oh, with the coughing and everything else. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the other, the piss bag that you could see like sneaking out of the pantsuit down and, at the and, bottom and, and, and fainting about every few seconds. But and, and then Joe is like, um, well, Calhoun tubs from that old show in living color. Well, uh, well Joe, sleepy, creepy Joe is, you know, he's basically an adult swim character is what uh, he really is. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote a song about it. Like the hit, hit go, hit go. I got, uh, roaches and hairy leg. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, like he's jumping on my laps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the entire the debate would be an Adult Swim show. Oh, of course. Uh, the the adventures of Joe and Hillary. Oh God, that that that'd be that'd be that'd be so be like much Rick and Morty gold. on on acid, <laughs> you know, on more acid. So but entertaining. So yeah. So this week we saw a bunch of ex- experts test a lie. And I'm saying test a lie on purpose. Actually, I got held in contempt of court one time for accusing a cop of test a lying, and the judge told me to knock it off, and I didn't. Well, you can't unhear something either, so. You know, well, this is true, and you know, my old saying, if you've never been jailed for contempt, you're not a real lawyer. So we had a bunch of experts test a lie, and I'm going to talk about what expert testimony is supposed to be versus what we saw on TV. Well, for those of you who aren't paying attention, you got to understand something, too. The four experts that they had, the constitutional scholars... Yes. that they had up there were all staunch Democrats. Well, even, no, three of them were. No, no, all four of them were. Even the one for the even uh, the Republican. Re- yes, matter as a matter of fact, <laughs> the the Republican one that they had up there is a hardcore liberal. You can look it up. Okay. I mean, yeah, he is a staunch dyed in wool, but here's but the, not compared to the other ones. Correct. No. Well, here's the thing. Here and this is this is key on this one. And it's weird, and I even have a hard time saying this, but believe it or not, he's a liberal, a, a flaming hardcore liberal, liberal, 
but one that still has the country in mind. As a, as, and it, it's an oxymoron. Well, that's but an oxymoron. A, I understand that. He's actually a patriot. If you can, it's hard to, in, in his own way, is what I'm saying. That's why. It's like when, saying that's a dog and a cat at the same time. Uh, well, yeah, that's a no. cat dog. Yeah. Man, yeah. bear, pig. Man, bear, pig. Exactly. <laughs> but no, that's why he was sitting there saying, he's like, you know, you, this is a complete abuse of power. You're abusing your power right now. By continuing this charade. Well, the funny thing is the current leader of this shift show is Nadler, who, and I quote, in 1998 during the Clinton impeachment said there must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment substantially supported by one of the major political parties and largely opposed by the other. How things change over the years. What a difference, what, 18 years make? 20. 20. Uh, 20, And here's the thing. He says, largely, you don't have one, not one. Not a single one. Not a single uh, Republican. And I think you only have... You don't have all the Democrats. Democrats. There's a couple Democrats that are waffling. You may get a Republican, though. Yeah. You may get... um, What's his name? Um, uh, Mr. Do-Nothing. Mitt Romney. You may get Mitt... Uh, Mitt, well, if, if someone crosses the line, it'll be Mitt. True. So we get... Well, that's because McCain's no longer here. Well, yeah, that's, well, he's definitely no longer here. But he's... I, I he's here he, in spirit. I bet... I Literally. Bet you, yeah, I bet you he ends up voting uh, Democrat, though. <laughs> well, dead people always vote Democrat, especially oh, in by Chicago. The, by the way, uh, for those of you who might be new to uh, politics, Rhino uh, is what they refer to as Republican in name only. See, I always wonder where that came from. I knew it was a fake Republican, but yeah. I didn't realize it was an acronym. But you're, you're former military, so you're an yeah. acronym man over here. So um, my first question is, we have all these experts testifying. <laughs> and who are these assholes? We've got three experts on constitutional law. Noah Feldman, the guy who looks like Beaker from the Muppets. Um, <laughs> Michael Gerhardt, who I just didn't really pay any attention to. And this... She beast monster Pamela Carlin of Stanford. What a freaking heart. She makes Hillary Clinton look warm and fuzzy. Doesn't she though? <laughs> um these the, the and these these three folks are supposedly esteemed in the legal community, and I'm sure they are because they all teach at Ivy schools. Having gone to law school, um, although I did go to a fairly conservative law school, which means that our professors were only 91% liberal. I remember assholes like this when I was in law school. And I was in law school during the Clinton impeachment. And so I, I, I'm watching this on TV and I'm watching this Pamela Carlin creature. Good God. Uh, and and then all of a sudden, here comes Representative Matt Getz out of Florida. It comes flying in like Batman. Starts going through all of their donations and all of their, like you were telling me that there's a picture, Google, uh, Pamela Carlin wearing uh, uh, the, the P word outfit. Oh, you yeah, know? and it's the whole thing. The whole thing, yeah. She is. Uh, Talk it, about a gash. She is, she is, is, is sporting a, a labia suit walking around. I mean, th- this will, talk about. If I tried to get experts like these in a real trial, in a real courtroom, they would be barred from testimony yeah. because of bias. And, and they'd, uh, they'd also bounce your ass right out of court, too. Prob- they might put me in a hospital for a little while to make sure I was okay. 
and all three are big Democrat uh, party donors on top of everything else. This brings us to what are experts for in a real court, not a kangaroo court, in a real court, uh, you can bring experts in to explain things to the jury or the judge that they wouldn't otherwise understand. Like um, you see experts used in probably the most something people can relate to. If you get a DWI, you might get an expert to testify that the reason you look terrible on the video is because uh, the field sobriety tests were were done improperly. Or you had an adverse uh, uh reaction to some medication that you had taken before. Yeah, but you have to have not known that that it would be adverse because if you take you can get a DWI for taking Benadryl. I mean, I I've, literally I was in that case. I know I, I know of this case. I, I, I defended it. Experts are there to give expert knowledge. They're not supposed to give opinions as to the what should be the final outcome of the case. Let's break this down and at least something that I can speak to. I mean, if you want to bring an expert in, like you bring in an expert on ballistics. Right. So that person says, this happens here. This is how the the just the physics of it works. Exactly. Not not any conjecture of, well, the, the, the round's intent was to go through this wall, that wall, and hit that guy. An expert can testify as to exactly what you're saying, but they can't testify that based on my expert opinion, that guy killed that guy. And the the gun's racist. Yeah, and regardless, and the well the well the gun's black. How's the gun gonna be racist? You know, all black guns. You know, that, that's that's the ones that's the ones they have the problem with. You know, if you put the uh, original furniture back on your AK forty seven, a Democrat's gonna think it's a hunting rifle, and it is. It just depends on what your court. What are you hunting? Exactly, I'm you hunting know, the guy that broke in my house. Uh, not only that, I mean, I can take a twenty two and make that thing look. You know, you have. Uh, well, that's true, but I mean. Still, it's still a twenty two. You have a ten twenty two that looks meaner than my most small ninja out AR fifteen. Yeah, this you know, well that's what accessories are made. Allegedly. <laughs> but the reason you use experts anyway, in, in a real court of law they can't testify as to what should happen, the question what's called the question of the case. And you have all three of these experts testifying that Donald Trump should be impeached because he has committed high crimes and misdemeanors. And that would not fly in a real court, but in this kangaroo court, it's a whole different ballgame. And, uh, you know, at nauseum, there is no there there. Well, and, and I'm just going to keep pounding on this Pamela Carlin because it's probably the only time anyone's pounded that. I, that field hadn't been plowed in a long time, I guarantee it. She stated that she had read all the documents, was familiar with everything. And I'm wondering how that's possible when, after months of requests, the Democrats just did their document drop on last night, which is going to be a few days before you hear this show. We're filming this on Sunday. The Democrats did their document drop of 20,000-plus pages of requested discovery last night. As an attorney, I know this dirty trick because I've seen it. Uh, I used to have a rule at the office that the fax machine gets turned off at 5 and the email gets put on vacation at 5 And it, because lawyers will send shit over in the middle of the night for a hearing the next day and then they can claim you got it 
and you're screwed. And I fired people for not turning the machines off before. I don't know who on the Republican side failed to turn that thing off. So for any of you who were born, I don't know, after 1985, a fax machine <laughs> is a piece of equipment that, you know, uh, once we graduated from smoke s signals, we were able to send documents back and forth, and it would have a timestamp to say that you actually received it. Hey, some of the jails still use teletype, Ooh, believe okay. it or not, which predates the fax machine by about 100,000 years. My question is, if they just... By the way, stay away from that Hitler. I hear he's a bad egg. <laughs> yeah, you see? Uh, my, my, my question is, if they just did the document drop, then how did she read all of them? So if she didn't read all of them, then cool. she lied in front of Congress. Which you is a federal yourself. offense. Yeah, she perjured herself. She's not the first constitutional scholar to perjure herself, Bill Clinton. <clears throat> mm. Just throwing that out there in case anybody wants to take a swing at it. Orange is the new black, Carlin. So Gerhardt had worked for the Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Carlin is a fav favorite of liberals who had hoped Obama would put her on the Supreme Court, but he didn't. Psych. Or, or she was also jockeying that uh, Hillary would have, you know. Yeah, she knew she had a, a backdoor deal with Hillary supposedly yeah. on on the Supreme Court nomination. Feldman, aka Beaker, the one I call, looks like he always reminds me of Beaker from the Muppets. He's sitting there with his chin up and looking down his nose, and that stuck. I just want to wipe that look off his face with my fist. But anyway, not only is he a frequent writer for the Bloomberg News. Ding, 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 ding. He's previously come out that he wanted Trump impeached before all this started. And then... These clowns. <laughs> as if the Schiff show can't get any shiffier, Carlin has to tweet out, Kings could do no wrong because the King's word was law and contrary to what President Trump has said, Article 2 does not give him the power to do anything he wants. And, are you listening? I'll give you one example that shows you the difference between him and a king. The Constitution says there can be no titles of nobility. So, while the president can name his son Baron, he can't make him a Baron. And that lit a fire under as well a, it a lot have. of people. As well uh, it should Particularly have, Baron's mom, the first lady, who has... She gets less respect than Rodney Dangerfield from these people. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, okay, I know if you're an ugly, disgusting chick, you've probably been hating on the hot chicks your whole life. But now that you're a grown-up and you're supposed to be some ivory tower professor and you're testifying in front of Congress and lying, as I mentioned earlier, maybe it's time to stop with the mean girl BS. Oh, not only that, though. I mean, Hunter, Bi uh, Hunter Biden's supposed to be off limits, and that's a yeah, grown-ass man. Hunter Biden, who's, like, using his dad's connections to keep himself full of uh, cocaine while he's with his hookers. Exactly. And uh, uh, didn't he bang, like, his, you know— Oh, that Arkansas stripper he had a kid with. Are you talking yeah. about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that Biden wants nothing to do with. Right. Uh, you, you know, I mean, he's he's over there staring down the, the reporters and stuff like that who dare he's talking to ask about, him questions. He's talking about roaches and hairy legs instead of, uh, yeah. I, I love it when kids have on my laps. <laughs> God. Uh, could you imagine that guy's a mall Santa? Oh. That's probably his next job. 
Uh, uh, back to Carlin, because I'm not done with her yet. <laughs> Carlin admitted that she is so repulsed by the name Trump that she once crossed a street rather than walk past a Trump hotel, and that comes from the Washington Post. No, well, I've actually seen where she says it. Yeah. And uh, she says it as a half-ass, ha-ha, tug-and-cheek joke, but there's always a lot of truth in that, uh, you know. Yeah. I don't think, have you looked at her? I don't think she's ever told a joke in her life. Well, except when she looks in the mirror, but that's a different story. I think the, I think the last time she told a joke, you know, she's never told a joke. Um, and you know, and then claims that she's read everything, which we just told you is complete lie. Is patently impossible. Is a complete lie, and she should be indicted for it. She's lied to Congress, and uh, Clinton lied to Congress. Mm-hmm. You know what happened to him? Uh, <laughs> I didn't mention this last week because we got off on a different subject. But you know, the, both Clintons have been disbarred by, oh, the, yeah, no, no, by no, the state of Arkansas. Well, not only that, I don't believe that Obama even has a uh, uh, practicing law license. Uh, he doesn't. And you know, the funny thing is, um, being disbarred by a state where you can marry your own sister—that's <laughs> <laughs> a new low. I mean, that that takes a lot. <laughs> that takes some doing. <laughs> Uh, even Pence, even quiet, Christian, good guy, Vice President Pence, said that the impeachment hearings have reached a new low when a witness called by the Democrats uses the president and first lady's 13-year-old son to justify their partisan impeachment. They should be ashamed enough is enough. I mean, even if you could extrapolate the fact that this kid's 13 years old, so you're telling me... 13 years ago, you know, when he's getting ready to sign the papers to name his kid, he's like, you know what, one day I'm going to run for presidency, and that's why I'm naming my kid Baron now. Exactly. And, and to say that... I mean, how sick do you have to be to try to, ex- to to coincide and, you know, extrapolate that out to where that makes sense to you? Well, and that's why I say this woman's never told a joke in her life, because including that, I've never heard anything come out of her pie hole that was even remotely funny. No, I I had professors. We're still like talking about Hillary, right? Gonna, no, we're talking. No. You're still talking about Carlin. Oh well, uh, no, 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 you know, he's, not George Carlin. Not, he was hilarious, no, but this, funny. but this, this other Carlin still relevant too. Still relevant. Uh, still dead. Anyway, we we did talk a little bit last week about how grand juries work, and I kind of glossed over it. But grand juries are are tilted towards getting indictments. They're basically a, a, a tool of the state, and there's a reason for that, But uh, and I'm going to get to it. When you hear someone has been indicted, you most people think, oh, they, they're guilty, right? You hear they've been indicted, yeah. you don't, but most people, the layman, not a lawyer, never been through any kind of legal stuff, they think, oh, they're guilty. Well, well he, for, for entertainment purposes only, uh, I had a guy tell me one way to get out of jury duty is go, well, of course he's guilty, that's why we're here, right? And that would work, and unless you're the prosecution, in case you want that guy on your jury. But the way a grand jury works, and this is kind of the way this impeachment inquiry works, except for it's not supposed to, but this is the way it's working, the way a grand jury works. A grand jury, okay, here's the way a criminal case starts. A cop thinks you committed a crime. So he turns that information over to a detective who does some digging around and some research and talks to some witnesses or whatever, and the detective's like, I think this guy might have committed a crime. So he turns that over to the district attorney's office. And some underpaid, overworked assistant district attorney looks at it and is like, hmm, looks like this guy may have committed a crime. And if it's a felony, it then goes to the grand jury. Now, the grand jury hears from the cop 
the detective, the district attorney, notice who I'm leaving out. The grand jury doesn't hear from the defense. The grand jury hears all of the state's side of the argument, and except for under very limited circumstances, if the grand jury requests the person who's been accused of the crime to testify, they can. And a defense lawyer in Texas, if they're a good defense lawyer, most of them don't do it, but you can prepare a packet that they can read, but usually they don't. But basically, it's completely one-sided for the state. And then the grand jury's, the grand jury's decision is not the guy's guilty. The grand jury's decision is it's more likely than not a crime might have been committed, and that Therefore becomes proceed. and that becomes an indictment. And then you do the whole criminal dance where you either plea out or you go before a jury where your guilt has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. You see how beyond a reasonable doubt is like 5,000 feet up higher than we think it's likely a crime might have been committed. So provided we finally got the the deck fully stacked, then we'll proceed. Once the deck is fully stacked, and that's the thing, that's why so many people plea out, especially in federal cases. When you have an $8 trillion legal machine against one person. And even, that's designed to, to put you away. Right. I mean, and that's their job. That's their job. And now we're seeing the Democratic Party, the Democrat Party, sorry, there's nothing Democratic about them, the Democrat Party, use that machine to pursue a president that they swore to impeach before he was even inaugurated. That's because they know they can't beat him at the ballot box. The minute Hillary threw that bourbon glass through that television, as I have heard first round, yeah, I know people, they started impeachment proceedings. Of course. The moment she lost, they started impeachment proceedings. And... If you don't call what what can you call that besides a coup? Uh, coup d'état? Uh, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it comes down to. It's a coup. Who runs the Democrat Party? I'll give you my opinion. They're run by the same people that run mainstream Republican Party. They're deep state owned. You know, for until Trump came uh, to be, you know, I always looked at the the Republicans and the Democrats a lot like the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was who was it that they always played? Like the the the, the Harlem Globetrotters always won, but they had a team right. that they played against, and I, I I think it was like the we're just going to call the Senators for now or whatever. And it's always been, at least in my estimation, that the Democrats were pretty much the Harlem Globetrotters, and the Republicans were kind of the the team that were just happy that they were there to you know be a part of the game for the most part, right? Because anytime anything ever came up. Uh, to you know, quote L- Rush Limbaugh, he'd always call the you know Republicans ling- linguini spine, you know, blah blah blah. Well, Trump's the first guy to sit there and say, you know what? Uh, no, I'm not doing that. Matter of fact, no, I'm not going to go be a part of this uh, these impeachment uh, hearings and all that. Matter of fact, if you if you really want to do this, go ahead, send it to the Senate and let's get it on. If I were Trump's lawyer, that would be a nice job, but I'm not. If I were Trump's lawyer, that's what I would advise him. Yeah. You know, we want this thing to go to trial. Because that way, at least you get to present your side instead of being shut down. For once, yeah. I mean, okay, they only, they allowed, 
Well, the Democrats called three of their own witnesses and allowed the Republicans to call one liberal Republican. And no, their, and their expert. He was uh, actually a Democrat. Actually a Democrat. And their expert um, uh, kangaroo parade, that's what they allowed. In a real court of law, none of that would fly. And when it no. goes before the Senate, some of the rules of evidence will apply. Um, the rules of evidence, a lot of the rules of evidence that they're refusing to apply are, are constitutionally mandated. They're, they're violating the Constitution with this process as we speak. Because it's the only way they can get away with it. Well, and, and it gets back to what we always end up on is that they've got nothing because there is nothing. Nah. They've been trying to get rid of this guy ever since all of us deplorables elected him. Well, you know, be, because, uh, you know, again, he upsets the apple cart. And there's a good chance that once the you start peeling away the layers of the onion, people are going to start going to jail. Well, there are a lot of people who are going to probably go to jail, but you just said something that kind of is a great segue, I think. You said the apple cart. I think, you know, probably a few years ago, I probably would have gotten called out and, you know, oh, you think you're Alex Jones, you know, for saying this. But if, if you want to call it the apple cart, I'll call it the deep state. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I believe that, you know, the the apple cart slash deep state is is what all of these guys are perched on, with the exception of Trump and maybe Pence and a couple of other people. Well, that's how um, you get your kid to go to Ukraine and do, doesn't even speak the language. You get paid fifty thousand dollars a month. Well, a year. and how do you build uh, Nancy Pelosi's worth one hundred and thirty million dollars? How do you do that on one hundred ninety-five thousand dollar a year government salary? I mean, admittedly, she has been there for ninety-five years, you know, <laughs> or more. I wonder how many people have woke up in a bathtub full of ice with their liver missing because of Nancy Pelosi to keep her alive. Well, and not only that, it goes right back to, you know, these these people have been in power for 50-some-odd years. Longer than that. And But this guy who's just joined politics for the past three or four, if you count the, you know, when he, was, when he had to run for it. I mean, it, but yeah, this guy's the problem. You're yeah. right. Yeah, it's Mr. Smith. It's not Washington. It's Mr. Smith that went to Washington. It's a problem. But that brings us back to the apple cart and a phrase that kept popping up in this these hearings this week over and over and over again. They kept referring to the interagency and the interagency and the interagency. And remember this, the interagency. And as I was like, what in the hell is the interagency? And I was looking and uh, I was reading the Wall Street Journal weekend edition and it Apparently, I wasn't the only person wondering what the hell the interagency was because there was an article about it, an opinion, an op-ed article in the Wall Street Journal about the interagency. And this is the tip of the deep state iceberg, folks, the interagency. The Constitution gives the president the authority to form and execute all foreign policy. That's his job. However... An unelected group of deep state bureaucrats kept being been mentioned over and over again as the interagency. Witness after witness in, in the impeachment inquiry hearings kept referring to the interagency. And yeah, I'm going to say it like a thousand times so you guys remember the name of this. It's an off-the-books informal government organization that has enormous power to set and execute foreign policy, which they've basically usurped from the executive branch. The Constitution says the president has all this power, but the interagency has gradually taken over over multi-generations of politicians. And basically, 
it's a super agency that coordinates between all of the infamous three-letter agencies that we've heard of and the ones that we haven't heard of, the NSA, the CIA, the NSC, which is the National Security Council, even the FBI, and sometimes the IRS, and sometimes YW. I mean, this is like a Sesame Street, but it's horrifying when you think about it. Well, especially when they can level those powers upon you. Well, and they control the policy that comes from these agencies. So that's why I'm calling it the tip of the deep state iceberg. And here's what you need to remember. The Constitution was designed that in such a way that the American people elect a president who conducts foreign policy. He does a lot of things, but one of his jobs is foreign policy, and that foreign policy is given to an elected leader, not uh, unelected bureaucrats. And the unelected Who think bu- that they know better how right. to run the government than the, our president. And the unelected bureaucrats are the people who are in the interagency. And it gets it gets even weirder. It gets even more X Files. We can't play the theme, by the way, because of the licensing issues. So I, <laughs> anyway, um, beat me to it. <laughs> I shouldn't have because you can whistle butter me. Who controls the interagency? And you know, I'm not going to just start throwing out Rothschilds and Bilderbergs and all that, <clears throat> but it might be uh, the principles Source. committee. Yeah, <laughs> principles committee, acronym the PC. Control the interagency. And does anyone know who the hell these guys are? They are lifelong bureaucrats appointed by past presidents. So they stay in office long after Obama or Carter or Nixon or Ford or Kennedy or Johnson or Bush or Bush. or you know, Long after they're gone, these guys stay in office. So you have, in they're effect, the they're still pulling the strings. And if that is not a monarchy, what is? If that is not a perpetuation of rule by a certain group with a certain agenda forever, who is? So I would say maybe one of their names should be Baron. So I think that's going to be uh, – you have anything to add? No, I think that about that about wraps it up, everything up. All right. Well, I think that's going to be our show for this week. And with that, I'm Jay Lucas, the Evil Logger, and this is my co-host Jason Holloway. Have an evil day. <laughs>